2: Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez. Today we have Julie Watson filling in as co-host. And then we have wildlife diversity biologist Jason Jones joining us from Southern Region. And we're podcasting on Zoom once again. Um, and it's fun because we could all see each other. It's just like we're back in the podcast room. So.
0: <laughs> totally the same.
2: It's the same. So, Julie, thank you for filling in for Aaron, and um, Jason, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: Of course. So the reason we wanted to get you on here is we've been getting a lot of calls right now and Facebook messages, Instagram messages about people seeing snakes. They want us to ID them. Are we getting more of these messages right now because they're getting more active?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably a combination of two, right? There's a lot of people hitting the trail. Um, Uh, as a means of getting out and, you know, socially distant places or whatever. And also, uh, uh, it is the season for uh, snakes to be active pretty much across the uh, entire state.
2: Okay, and is that other reptiles too?
1: Yeah, turtles, tortoises, um, and also lizards are definitely going to be active, and amphibians as well.
2: Okay, And then Julie, you've been getting, you've been taking care of the, I always say it, Erin Keller and I, on top of doing this podcast, we manage the Facebook, but then Julie has access and she's been jumping in and helping us with some of those identification messages we've been getting. And
0: a lot of those have been snakes and different lizards. Yes, snakes and lizards. And a lot of them I send to Jason when I can't ID them or like to double check to be like, I think it's this, but I'm going to double check with Jason first. Um yeah, we're getting a ton of stuff on our Facebook inbox. And then I also run a lot. And so in a lot of my running groups, people are posting like, Oh, I saw a rattlesnake on the trail. And it's like a gopher snake. And I like try to go in there and be like, no, it's not a rattlesnake. You're totally fine. Not a rattlesnake. Keep running.
2: So that's an important point to make. So Jason, um, Because a lot of people get, they misidentify snakes. Is that correct? And what does the rattlesnake often get mixed up with?
1: Actually, Julie's right on. Uh, Rattlesnakes often get mixed up for gopher snakes, which, uh, I mean, gopher snakes are really good at mimicking rattlesnakes, not only when it comes to their pattern, but also uh, gopher snakes can do something cool. They can kind of laterally compress their head, so it makes it look like it's triangular. most non venomous snakes, and essentially all non venomous snakes in our state, uh, have really narrow heads um, compared to their neck. Uh, rattlesnakes have really triangular looking heads when compared to their neck. So, gopher snakes are kind of masters of mimicry in the sense that not only does their pattern mimic that of, say, like, uh, um, a rattlesnake, but also that flattened head when they get really stressed or aggravated, they can kind of mimic it. And then um, one other really cool trick they can do is rattle their tail often in like a a leaf matter or something like that to actually make it sound like they're rattling and they can hiss which also kind of gives this almost like rattle-esque sound so um they're they're really good at convincing even herpetologists that they're rattlesnakes on first glance
2: oh really okay so then you know people aren't crazy (laughs) right they really are (laughs) hard
1: right and the tail too is the rattle on the tail right so if it's a really tapered tail it's going to be a non-venomous snake whereas if it's a rattle on a tail it's going to be a rattlesnake um you know people have brought up that some rattlesnakes are you know uh, often seen without rattles or something like that and that's going to be a really blunted tail because uh those snakes aren't pointed tails in a sense so um even if the rattle is is lacking from a rattlesnake it's going to be obvious because it'll be a very blunted tail
2: gotcha so and it's rare. That's rare. Okay. So um, for people who are out and about and they see a snake, it may not be a rattlesnake, but what do you advise people to do? Because that's what a lot of people ask um, when they're going well, out.
1: So obviously, uh, for some folks, people go out looking for snakes, right? So um, in those situations, I would suggest taking a photo at a safe distance. If you know it's non-venomous, Um, That's one thing, but if you're doubting whether or not you can ID a snake properly, um, take into consideration a couple things. One, like kind of where you're standing, and if there's anything that's going to trip you up, if you have to back up or whatever. Um, Also, two, the size of the snake. You know, if this snake is four feet long, you want to give it about that much distance around the snake, um, just to avoid any chance of getting envenomated if it in fact is a rattlesnake. Um, Rattlesnakes don't jump, they don't fly. they can strike about half their body distance. So if you give the snake roughly the size of it, um, uh, that's a safe distance to, to navigate.
2: Okay, good to know. So it's really not that complicated.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, th- maybe the complication comes, um, you know, obviously like with, with younger children or something like that, you know, it's, it's going to be harder to, to see these things and you kind of have to be vigilant and, and hike maybe in front or, or make sure that, you're making enough noise or have hiking, trekking poles, something like that, Um, that usually ticks snakes off. um, It'll cause a rattle to, rattlesnake to rattle. Um, But if you're, you know, running a trail or hiking or something like that, just be really cognizant of where you're putting your feet. Um, If you're climbing or scrambling, always make sure you check the ledges you touch or grab um, because often that's where rattlesnakes will lurk in these crevices and in between rocks. So in like navigating a scree or talus slope, rocky terrain, you don't want to put your feet between the rocks. You want to essentially step on places you can see.
2: And you bring up a good point when you mentioned children. That goes the same for animals, too. Like if you have dogs out and about and they're sniffing down the rocks and stuff. So we always say it. that's why it's best to keep your dog on a leash, really. That's the best way to avoid that
1: certainly and you know especially in like rattlesnake rich country like down here in the vegas area um you know having dogs off leash and running around um they're gonna they're gonna sniff out rodents they're gonna sniff out a variety of different wildlife species and oftentimes that's what rattlesnakes are doing too so um unbeknownst to a dog you can cruise right up on a rattlesnake under a bush and that's kind of bad for both both species there
2: exactly and then you had mentioned it earlier it's we want to advise people on what to do safety wise, but also some people are out actually searching for snakes. Julie, you're one of them. Snakes and different reptiles (laughs) this time of year. So what should people be on the lookout for, for those avid reptile fans who just want to go out, take pictures? What are some of the things people can see in Vegas or even Northern Nevada or all around our state this time of year?
1: Well, what's really neat is we have 53 confirmed species that inhabit the state of Nevada that are native to our state. Um, Yeah, of those species, um, two of them are are chelonian or turtle species, like the desert tortoise and the um, western pond turtle. Um, 24 are lizard species, so that's pretty cool. And then 27 are snake species. So you have a lot of different species to look out for. Um, Up north, I think one of the coolest species you guys have is a rubber boa um those are often found in like riparian areas so like uh, along creek sides and rivers um and those are really unique and pretty special given that um in the united states we only have two species of boa that are native so that i think is a pretty unique and rare opportunity um down south i mean we have the highest diversity when it comes to reptiles down here um but we have things like the gila monster we have uh six different um, venomous snakes that occur in clark county um and that's statewide we have six species of rattlesnake um so you can find a lot of different things we have liar snakes which are uh, rear fang venomous so they don't they're not actually deadly um but they're pretty unique in the sense that they eat bats and a variety of other species um so we have some pretty cool specialists down here that live in sand and um all sorts of different environments so just a shameless plug we have a wildlife action plan that you can access online and in that wildlife action plan um it identifies i believe i have to think about this
2: um you could give a rough estimate
1: yeah i think it's like 20 i think half roughly half of our species are identified in the wildlife action plan like 15 of those are lizard species both turtle species are in our wildlife action plan and um about half of our snake species or about a third of our snake species so any of those species if people get photos of those um, for me, that's worth almost more than gold, just because those those species are somewhat hard to detect, just going out and trying to find them.
2: Okay, that's so interesting, and good job plugging that in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's supposed to be my job, and then I always forget. Stuff, so. Julie, what are some of your things that you like to – I always – so. I don't know if you want everyone following you on Instagram, Julie, but you have a really good Instagram. She's always posting the things she finds while she's out hiking or whatever it may be. So what are some of the things you like seeing or have come across recently? Well,
0: I came across a gopher snake like walking to go get my mail the other day and I tried to catch it. It was really, well, it wasn't that small, but it was like, it was a small guy And it did not want anything to do with me. And I like got its tail and then it went like right under a uh, pine tree. And I like, I got pictures of it and stuff. But um, I did want to say when we were talking about gopher snakes and rattlesnakes, the first rattlesnake I ever saw in Nevada was a baby rattlesnake. And my first instinct was that it was a gopher snake and I was going to catch it. (laughs) So you don't want to mix it up that way either.
1: Don't <laughs> mix it up that way.
0: Yes, it had like it was like six inches long, and it had like no, like maybe maybe one button on the back of its tail.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, I was at Rancho San Rafael in Reno, which is a suit like a very busy park, and I wasn't even that far back. I was on a super busy part of the trail, and as soon as I, w- well, I thought it was dead too because it was so still, and then it finally went. Aw- I was like, oh, that's that's not a gopher snake, and it a rattlesnake. And then it rattled its tail at me, but it was like, you know, it was like, shh, like, it was so cute. Because <laughs> it was so small.
2: Um, that brings me to, actually, I almost want to go to break because we're out of time for the first half of the show, but one thing, you talked a little bit about rattlesnake safety, but when we come back, I almost want to talk about what happens or what what is protocol when someone does get bit by a snake so we could get back into that right after this short break you're listening to nevada wild if you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to ndow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. Today, we have Julie Watson with us and Jason Jones down in Southern Nevada. He is our He's really our reptile expert. Anytime we have a reptile question, I send it to him. Or if it's something very quick and, like, pretty obvious, I send it to Julie because she's pretty good with reptiles too. But um, anyway, before the break, I had mentioned possibly um, getting into some rattlesnake safety. We didn't really talk about that in case someone's out hiking and they do happen to get bit by one, which is rare. That's very rare for that to happen. I will throw that out there. But what do they do, Jason?
1: Well, the goal, if you're bitten – if, you, if you're, you can say you can have a goal if you're bitten, is to get medical treatment immediately. Um, so if possible, call 911. Hopefully, uh, if you can't get cell service, you have something like one of those InReach or some other unit that can actually um, send out a message. Um, but that's the, that's the primary thing you need to do is get medical treatment. Um, if uh, you need to hike out or if, if you need to actually move, um, then you need to do that. But obviously, immobilizing the patient Um, keeping the wound um, at or below the heart because gravity can kind of quicken the spread of uh, venom in the body. Um, Don't use a tourniquet. Don't cut and suck. Don't electroshock. Don't put ice on the wound. I mean, all those things can only complicate matters. Um, And don't wait for symptoms to show up to go seek medical attention. Um, Obviously, like if you're not sure what bit you, uh, you know, you'll want to like, take photos of your wound or whatever, but again, uh, seek medical attention. Um, obviously you wanna stay calm because increasing your, your heart rate um, is only gonna pump more blood through and spread the venom. Um, that's gonna be tough if you are envenomated to stay calm. Um, but if you have somebody around, hopefully they can drive you uh, to get medical support or a you know, life flight might be needed. Um, typically within one to two hours based on the data if you can get antivenom into you uh you're usually you're usually fine um that's not to say you might not lose a fingertip or something like that um but yeah medical attention is is certainly the thing you want to do and as you said it's a rare event like uh statistically in the u.s it's um, a few thousand people up to seven to eight thousand people a year are envenomated um and I often wonder if some of those are gopher snakes, mis-ID or, or other snakes that may look like a, a rattlesnake, but um, of those, like literally like seven people a year die from envenomation. So one tenth of a percent. Um, so it is a pretty rare thing, but it's nothing to scoff at if in fact you are envenomated. It's, it's very serious.
2: Exactly. I just wanted, you know, people are getting outside. I don't want to freak them out like you're going to get bit by a snake and it's not going to be good, but it's good to give them that information. In case yeah, like does happen.
1: I to say- frame it into context, I mean, you're more likely to get struck by lightning. Uh, you're more likely to get nailed by a bee and die. Uh, you're more likely mm-hmm. to get kicked by a horse and die or bitten by like your neighbor's dog and die. So, I mean, just, you know, put that in context and, and be vigilant.
0: Yeah I was gonna say I think it's you're lucky to see a snake regardless when you're outside whether it's venomous or not so you're like you know even your chances of seeing one it's it's something to be enjoyed. As long as you don't get bit. (laughs)
1: Yeah Yeah. (laughs) just kidding. And like you know unfortunately people are bitten um that are unsuspecting you know victims but um by and large most of the folks who are envenomated um are are handling or trying to harass snakes and if you're going up there to cut a snake's head off or do harm to the snake obviously you're going to be interacting at a really close distance and that only increases your odds of envenomation so uh you know the best thing to do is just with all wildlife is just to respect it and give it the the distance it needs so it can navigate you and you can safely navigate it
2: and then have an awesome experience like julie said exactly Um that brings us to right now if people are out and about could is it easier to spot wildlife would you say or maybe are there chances greater of seeing a snake or some type of reptile?
1: Well yeah due to the season the timing of year it definitely is like in Vegas we have some pretty great uh weather conditions right now um so right now is like perfect time to go see snakes and lizards um even tortoises. Um, and up north as well, you guys are getting pretty decent temperatures. So um, things are gonna be active. Um, and obviously like a lot of people are staying indoors and, and kind of remaining socially distant. So if you do have an opportunity to stay on the trail and adhere to the protocols that our governor has laid out, um, it it likely is gonna be a great opportunity for you to see some wildlife, particularly snakes or lizards.
2: Very cool. That's exciting to hear. And then um, during the break, Julie had brought up uh, endangered reptiles that we haven't. Do you want to expand on that, Julie? I'm butchering this right now. I was laughing at my response. I sounded so dumb.
0: Well, I'm asking because I'm still so new to Nevada, which I can't, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to say that because I've lived here for over two years now, but still, still new. We're new. (laughs) I still still say the same thing. Learning everything, learning all of our species, and I helped Jessica Wolf, one of our urban wildlife educators, to do our gopher and rattlesnake webinar, and it's recorded and it's up on our YouTube, shameless plug, and um, someone asked a question about endangered snakes in Nevada, and we were both like, (laughs) uh...
1: Yeah, so with regard to like endangered species, we only have one reptile that's um, considered a ESA, Endangered Species Act species, and it's um, in the tier of threatened. So there can be endangered, which means like you're eminently facing extinction, or threatened, which means your populations have decreased significantly. And the desert tortoise fits under the category of threatened. Um, We have had a variety of species petition to list under that Endangered Species Act. And those include like Gila monster, um, which I said to you guys during the break that those observations, if you do come across the Gila monster in Southern Nevada, they're like, they are like gold for me um, because we're in a project currently to model their habitats and better understand where they are. Um, so for those hikers and bikers out there that occasionally bump into those, um, please please email us with those photos. Those are really important. Um, and we have had uh, a lizard that might occur in our state. It's right on the border with California. We've never confirmed it. It's called the pan-alligator lizard. That was petitioned to list, but not warranted. Um, and then the Western pond turtle is currently a species, a, a candidate for listing, and they're reviewing kind of all the data surrounding that. And those occur up north where you guys are, along the Truckee and Carson Rivers.
2: Very interesting. I didn't realize that those were endangered, is that how you said it? Or they're threatened?
1: Yeah, so I mean, they're, um, it's under the Endangered Species Act. So it's kind of like, um, probably a misnomer to call them endangered, but they likely could be threatened just given okay. that they once occupied a pretty large area, like along probably all the Carson and Truckee River. Um, and now have been like, you know, they're they're a little more contracted. But I will say that uh, based on the work we've done with pond turtles, um, there seems to be a lot in some places, so that's really that's, that's really good for us.
2: Very cool. And then back to just how important, so a lot of these species, they're so rare to see. Um, so when people do see them, snap a picture, and how do they email us, or what email should they send it to? Because that's important information.
1: It is. So we actually have a reptiles at endow.org email address, and you can send those to that if you'd like, it's pretty easy to remember. Um, or they can send them to me, that's Jones at org, um, Or Julie, cause it's funny to get emails from Julie where she's like, wait, I think I know what this is. <laughs> and no, Julie, you're almost always right. So awesome, kudos <laughs> for having been here two years, you, you rock.
2: And don't message them to our Facebook, cause I don't know, and those come to me. <laughs> so email Julie or Jason. <laughs> So, if they do come to our Facebook, it's Julie who's answering you.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and them to Jason and him telling me what they are and then me messaging you back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a huge copy and paste
2: um, situation. So, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome though. Um, so, I want to, anything else you, we still have a couple minutes left here. Anything else people you want people to be aware of while we have you. I realize we, since I've been hosting, we have not talked to you on one of our podcasts yet. You may have been interviewed by Ed. So while we have yeah. you here, it's good to have you. Uh, is there yeah. anything you want people to know?
1: Well, so uh, for anybody who's interested in like volunteering, and now has a really awesome volunteer program. And, uh, Largely, what I do is based on volunteers. So we have like a network of roads people night drive in search of nocturnal snake species. Um, and some species will flip to nocturnal in the summer. Um, so it's a cool opportunity to see, to see a variety of species and also have some camaraderie with other herpers, as they call themselves. Um, and then we also do these like bio blitzes, which um, who knows how this will be in the future, just given kind of like protocols you may have to take. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but. Um, Oftentimes we'll get um, you know a couple dozen people together and kind of hike uh, solo across different features on the landscape looking for different species and so that's kind of a cool opportunity to participate in a survey. Um, And again those are all pretty much volunteer based so if anybody has a desire to find reptiles keep us in mind.
2: Okay, and right now things are so up in the air. It's a weird place to be and So where should people keep their eye out? I mean, we could even promote it on Facebook or um, where would you send people to, both of you? Because Julie, you are our volunteer coordinator.
0: <laughs> yes, and actually we are turning over our new system soon. So um our links are down on the website. That's
2: what I thought. That's why I was a little worried to say that. But um, give, right. a few, give it a few. Because right now, we're not doing those projects, right? It's, they're sure. not happening yep. right this minute. So give us a little bit of time, but keep an eye on that volunteer tab on our website. And at some point, it will be working. And it will be working in plenty of time for you to get signed up to go out on those types of projects.
1: Yeah. And, and one thing um, just to note, too, and not to plug any app or anything in particular, but there are two apps that we commonly um, request information or data from. And that would be iNaturalist, which we have a Reptiles of Nevada project on. And then um, also there's something called HerpMapper, which is kind of like eBird, but it's specific for reptiles and amphibians. And those are apps that uh, you can download on your phone, you can take a photo of the species in question. And with iNaturalist and HerpMapper, oftentimes um, other citizens will help ID the species. And if you provide us with location data, then we have a confirmed sighting, which again is kind of like gold for some of these species.
2: Cool, those are great apps. I've heard of um, one through Julie, but the Herp one I hadn't heard of.
0: iNaturalist is what I've heard through Julie. There's a YouTube video technology in your backyard yes. by naturalist how to use it you can watch it
1: <laughs> cool Just keep plugging plug.
0: that youtube julius yes, yeah then <laughs> depth
2: of wildlife google it <laughs> you'll find it so well that does it we are done here but it was really good to have both of you i appreciate you both taking the time they kind of fly by and it's always I- good to have these interactions with people i've
0: got one more thing to plug oh because- yeah Um, Jessica Height and Jessica Wolf, two of our education coordinators, are doing a Reptiles of Nevada webinar on June 3rd. So if people want to learn more, they can ask questions um, live, and then they'll also be recorded and put on our YouTube channel.
2: Yes, and then head to our Facebook (laughs) that you're gonna have to write this down people <laughs> head to our Facebook to register for those webinars so but um anyway I hope we're providing I feel like we're providing people with a lot of information and things they could view while they're at home so anyway I appreciate it that does it for this week's Nevada Wild thank you everyone for listening